Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the show designed to boost your well-being. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan and today we're talking about movement and the impact it has on our mental as well as our physical well-being. So well-being is for all of us, from the very young to the very old. Our guest today specialises in supporting well-being in older people through music and movement. It turns out that as long as we've been human, we've enjoyed music and movement. In addition to being good for our fitness, movement is also good for our psychological well-being. Dr. Elaine O'Brien has a PhD from Temple University in the USA. She began teaching movement to pay her bills and then fell in love with the impact movement to music had on her older clients. Her work has shown that having a class to go to that is also a supportive social group has significant benefits. Elaine's clients come and dance with her. Some of them are people in their 80s who've been coming to her classes for over 20 years. She's an extraordinary woman who's doing great work in the world. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Elaine O'Brien. Denise, it's so lovely to, to be with you. So, I mean, this is, this is the hallmark of your work for me, that there are so many people who are um, interested in, you know, oh, how we all are young and fabulous in our 20s, etc. Oh, let's work with the groovy people. And you have done the most amazing work with older people. Oh, thank you. Tell us a bit about, tell us about Fit Dance. And well, it, it's been such an honor. I was actually in a graduate program for, in psychology, um, and I was looking for something to supplement my um, poor income as a student, right? So um, I saw this ad that said, learn to teach aerobic dance. And um, I applied, I auditioned, I was terrible. I just didn't have any dance training and no background, but I was really thought there was some magic to combining music and easy to follow movement and getting people to join together. So somehow um, I think I was hired because I had a nice personality (laughs) and uh, I started teaching and I taught a lot of classes with one or two people. And I just, I fell in love with um, that application of seeing people come in and leave feeling great. Uh And how over time people would say things to me like this class is introduced me to so many people. I have more control of my body. My blood pressure is lower. I've made great friends. And um, in 19, um, that was back in 1979. So I am dating myself, my friends. Uh, um, And then in 1991, I was teaching a class one morning and it was a blizzard here in New Jersey. And um, one lady came to the class and, um, she said, you don't have to teach. I said, well, we're together. So we did this little one-on-one um, training session. It was really lovely to talk with her and connect. And afterwards, she said, I'm um, the director of the Tri-Community Alliance, and we're looking to put together a program to reduce alcoholism and drug abuse in seniors um, because prescription drug abuse especially was becoming a big problem. So um, I, I said, yes, I'd love to do this. So I started a program, and it was based on um, movement to music, aerobic dance. We added strength training, balance training, coordination training, which now we know is so great for the brain as well as for the physical body. And um, we won an award for um, innovation in uh, programming. And to this day, the class continues. Um, I have, as an example in my class, 
class this morning, um, my friend Helen Wade came. She started in her 60s in the class, and um, for her 70th birthday, her children invited me to um, her party, and uh, were so happy about, you know, their mom being so autonomous and so connected and, and just mastering um, this her life so well, and um, she's now in her 80s, so she's been with me for over 20 years, and she's gorgeous, fabulous, fun, brilliant, and doing really well, so um, it's been a real, real... Um, joy in my life. So um, around my research, what happened was I I saw things were happening around um, the people coming together, connecting people, welcoming people, introducing people to each other, making uh, making, um, it a place where people really wanted to come in the morning and um, make it affordable for people and just to love them up with lots of fun music. We look at Ellen Langer's studies, like what were music of the heyday of the people, and mix with eclectic music so there's something for everyone. And then um, I, I looked, when I went for my graduate program, um, after MAP, where, where I got to meet fabulous you, Denise, <laughs> um, I um, was in a program, kinesiology, around the psychology of human movement. So I did two things there. One was I got to teach a kinesiology class, and I applied positive psychology with the students. And these were all um, allied professionals and some medical students. It, It was just like a powerful experience where people really came together. After my graduation, or or actually while I was in um, at uh, Temple University doing my doctoral program, I realized that. the people in my class had a lot of motivation, and we identified people who were in the program for five years or more, and where we had over 50 people. These people who were attending were doing so well, so we looked at these 50 people, and we said, okay, these people are doing great. What is making them do well? So um, we did interviews with them. I had um, an outside interviewer, Dr. Erica Tibbetts, who came and interviewed um, we did look at lived experiences and coded um, by thematic coding and, and just um, in terms of the content and uh, po- around positivity. Um, so what we found was that these people were incredibly self-determined, right? They had lots of positivity. They had lots of mastery, and they were uh, connected to each other. So what I also did was I looked at the, the children of my participants and we found that it really increased the children's well-being because their mothers were so happy and independent and doing so well. So, um, of course, that's so interesting because you know we're always hearing about um, people in middle age getting sandwiched or stretched at both ends because they're looking after parents who aren't well and worrying about them, and looking after children who are still at home or you know all of that. And so, so it actually contributed to their children's well-being as well. That's yes, fabulous. exactly. Oh, is and it was it's so stark because um as I mentioned earlier, my mom has um memory issues. So I and I often will go to teach my class and see these uh, 60, 70, 80 year old, 90 year olds that are just thriving and just have yeah. their cognitive ability and then to see people who don't have that. So we know that um, starting at any age, right, building progression, finding something you enjoy doing, and hopefully doing it sometimes with a friend or finding, just moving a little bit more with perfect um, attitude and execution of movement, doing your best job, leaving your workout wanting more. It can all contribute. Little, little movements even during the day can just make big, big 
powerful results for people. And why do you think um, we've ended up focusing so much on, you know, when we talk about well-being, now there's a big, there's a lot of interest in the psychological stuff. And why, why do you think we've lost, we haven't joined them together so well yet? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, that is part of the reason that I decided to um, go for my doctorate is to try and raise up the power of the body and physical activity on positive exercise practices. So, I mean, it's just non-traditional maybe that, you know, we're looking or maybe uh, people have um, ideas of what like quote gym class or physical activity or exercise was like, but combining people in a group, atmosphere, easy to follow, connecting people together with lovely music. And it's so sustainable. It's so cost effective. And it's very safe. There's more risk in not exercising, right? And so you're getting those, um, you're getting spiritual benefits, right? You're getting physical benefits. There's the intellectual benefits and not just IQ, but like that multidimensional, you know, the kinesthetic. Kinesthetic learning, excuse me, that's my area. (laughs) Um, But um, and then also emotional and psychological. I mean, these are and relational, like relationships to yourself, your body, getting to know your body, your proprioception, your body in space, and then connecting with other people and also the environment. And I think that's so important. There's so many offshoots. Um, When I was researching um, yesterday, um, have you heard of plogging? No, um, okay, so this is, sounds fabulous. So in Sweden, um, Denise, people are like running, let's say, on the beach, and then they pick up um, trash. So plakas pick up, so they'll like stuff, uh, you know, like bring an empty or trash bag and then kind of clean the environment. So um, my area is around using your healthy body to help others and then yourself, of course, but and also the world. So um, consequently, That's I've produced... Lovely. It means so much. And then, again, we have that gratitude for our bodies, right, and then gratitude for the world and trying to raise people up if we can do that. It's So I don't know. I hope that um, the psychological field does catch up with the, um, the whole being aspect. Yeah, yeah. Of- it, it is interesting, isn't it, that um, I, guess, I guess it's because learning has become so um, – compartmentalized you know you're you're a cognitive psychologist or a social psychologist or a um, medical or PE specialist whereas um, traditionally we did all of that together I think we need to get you to come to New Zealand I think you'd love to see um, traditional Maori um, singing and dancing you know Um, know, have you heard of we're going to have to send you some pictures of poi so there's taihan poi and and people sing and move together and do this incredibly um complex patterning of swinging and moving these uh this is where now you you really wish i had better explanations for things (laughs) essentially think of a, a string with a ball on the end of it and people have two of those and they move them and they can move them over their heads oh i've seen that it's fabulous yes and the haka yeah i mean it's beautiful beautiful and they're right it's right up your alley you know it's it's people moving together there's a social and spiritual dimension and there's physical activity and skill and dexterity so and 
Denise, is there an intergenerational aspect around that? Oh, yes. Is there, like, yes. See, to me, that is so beautiful, and it's so important that we can learn from each other and be inspired from people of all ages. I mean, I think um, that, that we really do, we do, you need to come out here, definitely, because <laughs> one of the other things that I think you, that I, I hear always when you talk is um, a huge affection and respect for the older generation. And I think that's yes. something that's, um, that's very strong in, in Maori culture, that, um, you know, koros and nanas are looked up to and revered. Um, and involved in things, and we want to learn things from them, you know. There's so much to learn from our our nanas and pops, and that was actually another thing that I was really interested in in starting my um, my doctoral work and decided to look at um, active older women um, as positive role models because there's lots of research, although not really a lot, lot compared to other areas, about seniors and their decrements, what was going wrong with older people. Yeah. And I felt like I could see so much right that was going on the inspiration from the people. And um, in, in the U.S., um, we have a thing called Title IX, where um, I, I think it was 1972, uh, girls got to play sports as, as just as boys were playing them. So it kind of lifted up um, young women. So all the women um, in the study were pre-Title IX, so they didn't have, like, um, lots of experience moving, but they still were interested and curious to try something new. But I, I really um, think we can learn from other cultures as well. And I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say too, and I'm going to look that right up to learn oh, more. Oh, I think we, this. I think we're planning a holiday for you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Elaine, I'm sure your clients must make a big impression on you. Is there anyone in particular who stands out? So I had a, a lady come in my class. She was um, well over 300 pounds. Um, she could barely walk, and she had um, some neurological problems from, um, from her illness. And um, we, after about a year, she gained so much fitness, um, she was down to 150 pounds of more muscle, more strength, and she became organic also, um, and she was able to really make these brain connections where she wasn't able to speak, and then she uh, is magnificent. I mean, it just, she really tried her best to try and get stronger, and it was, it was a miracle to see her, and even people who saw her the next summer didn't know it was the same person, so uh, she's since come and joined my dance class. Ah. And it's just an honor, a real honor to have this uh, young woman in my program, you know, love her. So there's, a, you know, that, that can I would just come in there and say this, I mean, I, I know you um, and I know you just said, I love her and I know you do. And I know you love all of the participants that you work with. You know, and I think sometimes when you, you love people like you live and breathe, but um it's important not to underestimate that. How, and I know you. I know you will play down your impact. But um, if you if you helicopter up above the world for a minute and imagine that you're looking down on um, a person called Elaine O'Brien who is working over years with people in different programs, and you're analysing what she does and the impact it has. How important is the love part in it? Oh, I think 
love and passion, the harmonious passion, where you feel it rather than the obsessive, right? We know um, it, it comes from the heart. I think people know that. I think it, love kind of re- refracts and reflects on people. Um, I know that for me, um, I think by me not being a good mover, like when I auditioned and I was so terrible, and even to this day, not having that early movement training and having issues around, like, you know, positive body images, right? Back in, I've had some pain around that in my life. Um, it makes me so humbled and grateful for people coming in to expose themselves. So I do love them, and I love their energy that, you know, by the bravery and courage that people have to come and walk in the door. I think that's the hardest exercise is walking in the door. And do you of, think, uh, and they must, I mean, that must make a difference, difference to people. If I go into a fitness class and there is somebody at the front preening themselves and I walk in and I feel completely inadequate, that's got to be a, a, you know, a, a completely world of difference than coming into someone who's just delighted to have me there and loves me. <laughs> yes, it's huge, isn't it? Well, even growing up, I don't know if this is okay to say, but um, in the era of the thong, oh, yeah. back in the uh, 70s, you know, it's like, I think, uh, like a lot of instructors were doing the preening, and I think they were also cranky from maybe wearing their thongs, so oh. they weren't as friendly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a study. But, uh, Somewhere yeah. friendly. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, so this is so the a big part of the um, the effect that's created by these programs isn't just it's yeah people come in and they move and that's wonderful and but they feel stronger and better about themselves and then there's this huge layer of feeling connected to the instructor feeling valued and making these friends in their group and how how do you how do you think that plays out that whole social piece of feeling connected and what what does that help it's so powerful uh, Denise it's I mean, it's as simple as um, saying, say hi to somebody you haven't seen yet. Do it now. And people just like it gets the ball rolling. And I remember taking a conference with a a instructor, Mary made way back in the day. And she said that and it just changed things for me because once I said that or give yourself a hug and then, uh, you know, to do patterning movements. um, So a do-si-do with a person swing your partner, you have that, uh, that tactile response, appropriate touch, you know, people, I had a woman in my class, um, and she was doing a stretch, and I said, oh, is it all right if I just uh, show you, uh, just lower your shoulder a little bit, and she said, oh, yeah, and I did, and she started to cry, and she said, it's been so long since anybody touched me, so wow. it's just, I mean, people are coming for all different reasons, so if, if you can harness just love to feel you know make people feel or help people feel more welcome i think it goes a long way and then also what we do um denise is we um will go we've gone to elementary schools and worked with kids so we have an intergenerational uh, component and sadly at one of the schools the kids could barely keep up with the seniors like you're a group who were in their 70s and that was really surprising all you know so we really have work cut out for um, to have more movement in schools to help kids learn. 
So, Elaine, one of the things we were talking about earlier that I really liked is you, you said you're not a fan of, of pain and boot camp, that life is hard enough for all of us as it is. So tell us a little bit more about that before we finish. Okay, so, yes, I, I feel like um, I started a program and I've written about it, uh, Move to Love. So it's about energizing and just positive relationships with your body, others, and the world, right? So like plogging, right, is a great example of a a positive um, application where we can help people to feel good and do well. So um, I just don't really understand boot camp where people are like yelling at you to exercise. Um, As um, someone who studies motivation, I don't find that particularly helpful. If you could only do one thing to help people for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think it would be um, teaching classes, speaking to groups, and trying to get them moving a little bit to help people learn about um, the beautiful gift of our uh, human bodies and brains and to embrace um, the power that we have and to inspire other people to do well and good. Um, I think that's really powerful. I love that um, that positive determination piece of um, and. Also, I think another thing is catching people doing something right. I think that's a really big thing. And I think that maybe that's what I try and do in my class is if you see somebody rather than seeing what's wrong, as long as it's not unsafe, right? We all have different ways of moving and being, but just to honor people and to just like let them know that they're doing a great job. I think it's really important. And so for, for people listening who, who um, probably like most of us feel, oh, I should, it would be good if I could do a bit more or I should be doing a bit more, what advice or what strategy would you suggest for someone who wants to be a little more active? Um, I think that, I hope it's okay to say this on the show, but um, what's the saying? Don't should on me. Nice. So, right? So I think that it's, to me, I think the question is, where do you find inspiration? What makes you, um, like, think um, positive thoughts? What Also, think about what activities maybe that you like to do when you were a child and maybe modify them, think about them, put on music. And um, a lot of times music inspires movement. And just get out there. Don't be afraid. Um, there was a great... Um, slide I showed at yesterday's presentation. It was at the, uh, I think it was the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and they have a museum workout. So it's people are looking at the antiquities, and they have these instructors, and they're actually in gowns. The women are in gowns, and they're doing this, like, lovely little workout while they're, you know, marching through the museum. So thinking out of the box, don't be afraid. Like, if you're in the supermarket, and rather um, you're you're pushing a cart, uh, don't do, you know, shopping carts. So don't, don't lean on the cart. Lift yourself, elevate, even stretch, open your shoulders, open, um, stand on one foot, use um, your days and try and fit like little um, uh, tips in to try and get moving more and well during the day and corners up whenever you can. And do you think um, having, having someone else to do it with where we can helps? I think so. Even accountability bodies um, are great. So even if you're not physically with somebody, to just have a um, a report back or check back with somebody is really a lovely thing. And um, I I feel really committed to just helping people. So I'm happy to share any information if, if 
you need me or anybody needs me, um, I think that it's a real gift to try and, um, you know, break out. And um, one researcher calls, um, talks about um, that physical activity is an epidemic, that it's an inactivity is a physical, is an epidemic in the world. So um, it just, Steve Blair writes a lot about how we need to move um, because a lot of times we talk about obesity, a word I don't like as an epidemic, but if people would move more, they can learn better, mm-hmm. they feel better, they can inspire other people. I love how you have, you can see possibility for getting us all to move everywhere. And I'm, I'm really grateful to you for sharing some of this with us. And um, thank you for being with us today. Oh, it's such a joy to see you. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm off to sign up for a movement class. It's really great to be reminded of how good movement is for our mental as well as our physical well-being. And I'm reminding myself and you that as Elaine O'Brien says, the hardest exercise is walking through the door. I love what she says about how can we make movement affordable, fun and make people loved. And I really love her tip about moving to the soundtrack of our youth. Use the music from a time when you did dance and move, whether it's glam rock, heavy metal or disco. And also, Elaine's reminder to us of the importance of keeping our elders active and involved in our families, that we all benefit from it. And today I want to leave us with Elaine's great question. How can we inspire ourselves to have some fun and move a little bit more? Even a little bit more helps. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. If you'd like to listen to a podcast of this show, you can find it on or.org.nz or at nziwr.co.nz. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. This program has been brought to you by the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. For more information on how schools, communities and workplaces can grow their well-being and resilience, go to nziwr.co.nz.